Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to the Health Simple Show. I'm your host, Kyle Reedhead, and I interview health and wellness experts from around the world to help you live healthy, happy, and stress-free. Enjoy the next show. Before we get started, I'd like to ask you for a favor. If you're listening to this on iTunes and you enjoy the show or you've enjoyed any of the other shows, it would be absolutely amazing if you could leave me a review and a rating on iTunes. This is what allows my show to get out there and in front of the ears of others around the world, so it would be super appreciated if you could do this. Thank you and enjoy. Okay, so we have Paul McQuillan on the Health Simple Show today, episode 21. He's the owner of a yoga studio in Toronto called Be Hot Yoga, um, Be Hot Yoga Toronto, actually, and he's the author of a best-selling book, I Hate Yoga. <laughs> well, it's I Hate Yoga and Why You'll Hate to Love It, too. Uh, but Paul actually has a ton of different skills and traits. He's an actor. He's a singer. Uh, he kind of does everything, I think. Um, so, Paul, why don't you... Uh, First of all, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for <laughs> well, having me on, Kyle. Yeah, no problem. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who Paul McQuillan is and kind of what got you to uh, where you're at now? Okay. Um, I, I started out as an actor. I went to Sheridan College Music Theater. And, uh, and then I started working. And I worked for uh, about 25, 30 years professionally as a mostly music theater. I, I did a lot. I was on, on Broadway with a show. I traveled uh, the U.S. with a musical called Hairspray, and I ended up working in almost every major city in North America as an actor. It was great. But then uh, I was doing Hairspray, the musical, and uh, it was probably about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And as I was doing that show, I began to get kind of burnt out because we were traveling a lot. We, were, we did 47 cities in 16 months. And we were, yeah, we were traveling from one city to the next and flying and planes. And usually the remedy of choice for most people, most actors, was to hit the bar at the end of the night, <laughs> um, take sleeping pills, medicate, do whatever you can to just get through it and be able to sing and act the next day, right? So it was because it was a lot of pressure. Most of our days off, we'd be traveling. It would be a Monday, one day off, and you're traveling the whole day. And then you're opening night on a Tuesday, again, mm -hmm. in a new city. All the critics are there, are there you're getting reviewed. And uh, I just found, I, I didn't have any, I was, I, I was sort of semi-working out. I'd always done the gym and that, but I didn't have any kind of remedy for how I was feeling and, and pressing the reset button and, and, yeah. uh, and just feeling better about myself overall and physically, mentally, and, and being stable. And there was a guy, his name is John Salvatore. He was in the cast. And he was a Bikram yoga teacher. And for those of you who don't know, Bikram yoga, it's the hot yoga. It's the one that Kyle did yesterday, by the way. He yeah. was at my class. And it was, it was his first hot yoga class. And it was 90 minutes. And he nailed it. And the reason he nailed it was because his attitude was fabulous. Because some people get so daunted and, and scared. But I'll come, I'll come back to my thing. I just want, I want to hear about how you feel today. Well, I was going to say, I don't think that, that I nailed it. Um, I spent the last... <laughs> The last 20 minutes trying to not faint. Um, <laughs> That's very natural. Very natural. Yeah. So, I mean, it was tough, but, uh, you know, I was, I was really glad that you were a great teacher and great kind of motivator to keep me in there because I wanted to leave that room multiple times. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know what? I felt absolutely fantastic afterwards. I slept like a baby last night and, and just had a wonderful day today. So um, I'm going to say that that was because of the yoga. Uh, what was actually really cool too is once it was done, when I left, it was pouring raining. So 
I just I took my shirt off, my shoes off, and I actually walked back to the car and just <laughs> that's perfect. And, and got arrested <laughs> on the way there, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you do sleep like a baby. I always joke with people about sleeping like a baby because I say, oh yeah, I slept like a baby. I cried, I wet myself. It was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but but you do. It just it feels fabulous that way because you've been your body's invigorated and then it needs rest and it's a yes. yoga. Hot yoga is a great thing for that. Um, okay, so just breathe. I'll go back to that that story and say this: that this guy would start to take me to yoga classes like you did last night, and they'd be ninety minute classes every time we'd land in a new city. And I, at first, it was absolute hell. I, I hated every single moment, just like you hated your last twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I I didn't embrace it, but I did feel like you did again, that it was invigorating and it felt better. And, and, and we'd land, we'd go to this yoga studio and after, and I'd feel like we never flew at all, that I wasn't traveling, I wasn't exhausted. So I started to do that on a regular basis. And then after that, I, uh, he had said to me, you know, you'd probably be a pretty good teacher. You might want to give that a, a thought. And so I went to LA and I, I, I did the Bikram yoga teacher training program, which was more in retrospect is more of a hazing than a, a teacher training. <laughs> it was, it was brutal. You do, two 90-minute classes a day, oh, five days a week, and then one, another one. So you did 11 90-minute classes a day. So it was, yeah, it was a lot. And yeah. you just survive it somehow. I remember being a week and a half in, and in the middle of the night, I had my suitcases packed. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Get me out of here. This is great. <laughs> and, uh, but somehow I endured it with the other 300 people, that 399 people that were there, because there's wow. 400 of us. And I got through it, and then it gave me a tool, it gave me something to accent my acting career, but for myself, but for other people too, because I could, I could serve in a way by being a teacher. And I could also, I, I could also get all the advantages of the yoga, from a physical and mental perspective. And I found that it actually helped my acting, it helped my singing, it helped my relationships. It, it, it just translated in so many different in respects that it, it became invaluable to me. Yeah. So it was just, so I did become a, a teacher and I'd work at this studio that I own now. And after about five years of acting and teaching, acting, teaching, the previous owner sat me down and said, I'd like to sell the studio to somebody. And she said, she'd like it to be me. And I didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, I, I had to get a big loan and that sort of thing and take a huge risk. And my yeah. life, and, and I did that. And that was seven years ago in the studio since then is we've really grown it um, uh, with the help of some amazing women that I have in my life. Like they're, I'm really fortunate. I have these, these managers, teachers that have been with me for so many years and have been so loyal and are always willing to evolve. And so we all make a great team. And with their help, we've re really turned it into something special, if I may say so. It's been great. Well, even if I may say so too, because I was just there last night and, you know, just the, the moment the elevator opened and I got into that spot, it just seemed different than any other place I've been to for, for yoga or for really anything in that area. Um, it was almost like just the, the vibes that were in there and just kind of the way that it's all set up was just, it was beautiful. And oh. then, yeah, it was really cool. And then it almost felt like everyone that goes there was like a little community, like a little bit of a family. Um, so it was really cool yes. to experience that, I thought. 
Yes, very, very much so. And that's, uh, that's incredible that, you, uh, that you're reflecting that for me, because that's always what I want to hear. We have a philosophy of kindness at the studio, but that kindness has to be innate. It has to be ingrained within the personality of a person. You, can't, you, you often can't impart it to somebody. You can't, they have to have that kind of personality. And the people that you saw last night, they all do. They're really kind people. They're good at what they do. Um, they can be, they're strong and assertive people too, but it creates kind of a family vibe and I, that I'm really proud of. And I think that that reads, I, the biggest thing that I'm proud of in terms of the studio and the business in general is that people ask me, how did you come to be successful and grow the business and do well? And I, I said, it's an intangible answer, but it's actually ironically very tangible and it's energy. And the energy of the studio is, is very, very important to me. And uh, so we always need to check in with that. And, and luckily with, with the proper people and good relationships and the good vibes, and we cultivate even more good energy. And then that just manifests and manifests. And it's a beautiful thing. That energy is what got me through that 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> but again, it was also attitude because sometimes so you've got to give yourself more credit because sometimes people come in and they've defeated themselves before they even arrive on that mat. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. true. You, you just open, you said, because I remember sitting in the lobby and I said to Kyle, I said to Kyle, you ready for this? And, and people are going, oh yeah, you're doing a 90 minute class as your first class? And then you, you said, oh, it's hot yoga? <laughs> I said, yep, it is. You're like, okay. <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, yeah, you set me up there, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but listen, let, let me ask you a question. You, sure. you own a yoga studio and then you wrote a book called I Hate Yoga. Yes. <laughs> what I gives? Hate. Explain that. <laughs> well, do you know, I, I'll give you sort of the, the long answer on that one. I have, there's something that I, I, I've uh, incorporated for myself is, is a personal philosophy. And I, I feel that it, it would behoove us all to have our own personal philosophy. Obviously, I have a business philosophy and, and an objective and a mission. But my personal philosophy, I like to um, call it my PhD, which is an acronym for um, offering people perspective through humor and direction. And those are things that I think that I'm good at. So those are, those are things, there are things that I'm not very good at that I continue to work on. But those three things, I've, I've always felt that humor has been, humor and levity is, have been great tools for me in terms of, because we're very playful at the studio. We all joke around. We have a lot of fun. You probably saw that last night. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, obviously in a respectful way, but we all have uh, years together and we respect each other a great deal. So it gives us that, that room to play. So that humor is something that I try to incorporate in every aspect of my life. And so when I was writing a book, I'm like, what is this book going to be about? It can't just be about yoga and waxing poetic about yoga and deifying it and making it, you know, and glorifying it into this amazing thing. Because I, I was realizing that I, the honeymoon of yoga would, for me was over in some respects in that I feel it was being also bastardized in Western culture. There were all kinds of things that were happening that were giving it a, um, a that were tainting yoga, as well as all, all people thinking that it's, you know, you're going to walk in and it's incense burning hippies all the time, right? And it's not either of those things. It shouldn't be put on a pedestal, but it shouldn't be shot down either. So with the book, what I wanted to do using levity I wanted to create a perspective for people making yoga extremely accessible to everyone because it is like that class last night, even as, as hard as it was, is accessible to a, 
each and every person that would walk in off the street. Mm -hmm. And that's the commonality of this particular type of yoga. And that's why I feel it can really help people and why I wanted to be throughout the years an ambassador for that. And writing has always been a very special thing for me. So in, in writing a book, I felt I could come at it from the first half and say, Here's why yoga sucks, <laughs> like, because it's attached to religion, it's attached to social media, it's, it's put on a pedestal, it's beaten down. But instead of all that, let's, let's talk about all that. Let's, mm -hmm. let's call a spade a spade. But then in the second half, let's rebuild it. Let's, let's you know, rebuild it from the ashes, Phoenix Rising, and, and, and show people that it's an accessible art form, a beautiful art form that everybody can benefit from greatly. Yeah. So that's why I hate yoga and why you'll hate to love it too. And when I talked to my publisher in New York, because when I was first, well, I had a number of meetings with them and I was pitching it to them through somebody else who recommended it. And he, he just said, I love that title. <laughs> that's catchy. <laughs> so it is um, obviously tongue in cheek. No, I, yes. I actually yeah. quite love yoga, but um, <laughs> one angle. It's a, it's a, it's a love and hate relationship, yes. I guess. <laughs> so in your mind, what is yoga? If you were to explain what yoga is, what, what would it be? Well, I think that that's part of the problem is that to, to define yoga is to kill it, right? So you never really define it. There's a, there's a great saying in Buddhism that if you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. And that means that you're putting too much stock into defining something and through defining it, then you're not making it malleable. You're not making it accessible. And so with yoga, I wouldn't even really define it. I mean, the obvious, the, the actual definition of yoga is union, like yoke. It's a, it's, it, 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 it's a, the body. It's the um, unification of perceptual opposites, which is the body and mind. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to connect the mind with the body, the body with the mind, because they're actually intertwined. There is no there, there's no separation there. And so many people think there is. Right. It's like medications taking the pill. You're just taking care of symptoms. You need to work the mind. And this is where mental health issues come in, all that sort of thing. So I think that yoga is something different to each and every person, depending on what's happening for them and what their ailment is. But I think that yoga can be used as a catalyst to send them in the right direction for healing. Mm. And I that's where the key comes in. Whereas you don't go yoga is for this and yoga is for this and yoga is for this. No, do yoga, get on your mat and see how it benefits you. And I think that that's the beautiful aspect of the art form because it's not for me to prescribe. I'm not a doctor in any yeah. way. I can take you through a class and guide you and I can do so in a kind way and maybe with a little bit of levity and, and in a way that makes, that hopefully has you feeling good about yourself. I mean, that's my adage when somebody walks into the studio, I don't say it out loud, but I quietly, I, I say, how can I make you feel better about yourself? Because mm -hmm. that's what I want for you here, right? And so they come in and, and uh, a lot of people do and they do it by themselves. We just, we just guide them, right? We give them, um, a, a safe place to do that, to heal. So that's why I don't like defining yoga, but I think that yoga is, um, it, it covers a broad scope and it's very subjective. Each journey is extremely subjective. Yeah, great answer. Oh, I like thank that. You. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think it was that got you so attached or so connected uh, to yoga? Because I mean, when you taught yoga, um, just yesterday, it just, it felt like it was so natural for you. So what do you think it was that really gave you that connection? 
It was how I, it, it, first of all, it was subjective. It was how I felt when I did it myself. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I had a, a very consistent practice and, and still do, um, it, it's, uh, so from that feeling, it made me want to share that feeling or have other people have, have that feeling themselves. And so I, I think that was my modus operandi was was that the feeling of yoga and, and what it's doing what it's done for me and knowing that other people can feel that too and as a teacher if i can impart that whatever i've learned upon you and then it can resonate for you subjectively then i've done my job and then i and i've helped you and uh i mean that's why we're all here right we're here to serve in some way i mean look at you doing this wonderful podcast this is a great great objective a great mission and that's why I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of it today. But uh, the people are people are doing good things all all over. I mean, I have um, people who work for me or teachers. They don't just teach at the studio. They're doing they're doing wonderful things, not just on social media, but they're uh, and and they're trying to enliven, embolden other people. And yeah. I think that we need more of that. And I think that regardless of what you see on the news, there is there is a collective consciousness and an awakening that's happening through people and understanding what, what we need to do to correct, for instance, the environment, you know, like how can we as individuals work, work against entrenched institutions that are destroying the environment and, and, and understanding that it does start with us. We, we can do it, but we, so we have to do things that are, uh, are health conscious and, and uh, awakening through meditation, yoga, all these things, anything that we can do as individuals to help. And I see a lot of that obviously in my, in, in my line of business. I see people who actually want to step up and help and it's remarkable, even more so than me, like people that are just, it's, it's incredible how, how active they, proactive they are. I mean, I'm always impressed. Yeah, oh, for sure, it's a great thing. Now there's, you teach Berkham yoga. Is there other ones that you teach? Is it Berkham or Berkham? Bikram. Bikram, Bikram, that's it. Bikram yoga. Now, do you teach other types no, of yoga as well? No, do you teach Close. I don't. I, well, actually, no, that's not, not true. I teach yin yoga. And yin is a very, where in Bikram yoga, it would be under the classification of half the yoga, where um, you are working large muscle groups and massaging okay. internal organs, getting blood flow, energy flow, but you're really engaging. It's more of an A-type kind of workout, uh, alpha kind of like it's lots of exertion like it's a it's a good workout as you saw and <laughs> like you know it's so funny because we get athletes and they're like well it's yoga is it gonna be a good workout what a good workout and then they're on the ground in five minutes right yeah. <laughs> it's that it is. but um yin yoga is the opposite yin yoga you hold postures a long time but they're a little bit more passive um they're they're more to do with connective tissue than they okay. are large muscle groups and it also becomes a very meditative so it's a calmer kind of yoga I then there's vinyasa that we offer and i i have uh, there are all sorts of some of the best vinyasa teachers in the city who work in the studio but i don't teach that i think the last one um that you mentioned is is more what i i've done it's not hot yoga though um, right. but it's longer poses in kind of functional you know stances and it's and really what i've seen on it anyway is that it can actually help build muscles so if you're an athlete like it's it's not just going to help you you know with the mind body connection and with you know, mobility, but it actually helps to even build muscle, which, you know, I oh, absolutely. really cool. Especially uh, things like vinyasa flow, you really work the upper body and you're doing a lot of, uh, you know, downward dogs, you're flowing, you're moving, you're working every body part. The great thing about yoga, I find, is that it, if you think of being on a treadmill or running outside, over time, some people are, are very susceptible to that, like the, the 
traumatizing of the joints, right? Some mm -hmm. people are incredibly resilient, like they could run forever and nothing happens, but some people are a little bit more fragile. And yeah. I've had runners come into the studio and say, why didn't I start doing yoga before I, I blew up my knees, my hips, all that stuff? Because yoga opens the body up, right? We're letting the body breathe. You learn to breathe. You're massaging internal organs. You're letting the blood flow, the energy move. You're working every major muscle group. So, and you're getting a cardio workout, and especially in hot yoga where the, the heart rate gets quite elevated. Yeah. Again, as you witness. So <laughs> it's, it's as you experience. And, and so that's where I love yoga because it's not just exercise, it's a mind-body connection, but you get exercise, but that exercise in turn is not traumatizing or hurting or injuring the body. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that's why it's just a win-win across the board. Yeah, I completely agree. Now there's, there's, I don't know how many types of yoga, but is the end goal, um, is the whole kind of goal of yoga, regardless of type, is it all the same? Um, I see, I see you know what I'm doing and I'm terrible at multitasking. I'm reading the comments. <laughs> yeah, and they're so lovely. These people, I, I, I've not yet tried yoga, but I'm so inspired. They hate to love it now too. It's so, yeah, it'll play on. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. So I, I'm, but now I'm like, where are we? <laughs> What's happening? And so many people are good, are, are good at this. So if you would repeat that question. <laughs> you got it, Paul. Yeah. So I asked, there's tons of different types of yoga is, the end goal of it is, is the meaning of it all, is it all the same or is there differences between it? What a great question. Um, because I would go back to saying that the objective is the same. The, object, the objective being that you want to learn more and to be able to connect more with your body. Yeah. There's one thing that I always say about yoga and that people in general is that we always, we think we have so many problems and we just have one. And that's the way that we talk to ourselves. It's how hard we are, are on ourselves. Now that can translate and project, be projected upon other people in different ways. You know, people are mean to you and they're angry and stuff. Well, that's actually them not being kind to themselves. And because they can't be kind to themselves, they need to project that anger, that disgruntled state on somebody else. But it's the same problem, right? It's the same problem of not having self-following, not feeling good about who you are. And I feel that yoga, again, is one of those things where you can internalize and you create that mind-body connection. And not just because you're physically feeling better, but because you're mentally feeling better, mm -hmm. that you feel better about you. And then in turn, you start treating other people better too. And so again, it's a win-win. And I think that, that that for me would be a primary objective in any kind of yoga that people would do. Yeah. Uh, and I completely agree too. I mean, when I've, anytime I've done yoga, I mean, obviously you feel good after you feel good after any exercise, but it, it's because it's not just a physical battle. It really is a mental battle. It's an hour of just kind of you with your own thoughts and, and, you know, trying to make sure that you're in the right positions and breathing and kind of connecting with yourself. It really does. I think wonders. And especially when it was hot yoga, uh, last night when we did that, it was a good 20 minute, just mind mental battle for myself. <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, the whole, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say in the whole time thinking, okay, I'm going to be better after this. So just keep getting it. Keep, keep stay in this room. You'll get through it. <laughs> and I really, I had to focus on my, if I didn't focus on my breath, I'd start to like get a little bit dizzy. Um, so it was all about kind of just controlling my breath and, and kind of, you know, listening to what you were saying and, and using that as sort of motivation to, to get me through it. Um, oh, sure. Yeah, because could, could there be a better anecdote for what's going on in society right now with the proliferation of ADD 
And, um, it, you know, and people wanting instant gratification and entitlement, could there be a better anecdote than spending time with yourself without a device in your hand mm-hmm. with a bunch of other people in the same room who are also, also want to better themselves by spending time with themselves and getting to know their bodies better and, and, and clearing the thoughts in the mind. And that's not a pitch in any way. That's not, I'm not about that. Like, I just think it's just common sense. It yeah. makes sense that we would go into a room without our phone and whatever we're doing, even if you were going to the gym or you're going to a Pilates class, but whatever you're doing, yoga, but going to the park, going for a meditation walk kind of thing. That's, I think that is so valuable these days. And I think that people are getting it. I, we have this conversation at the studio. One of my teachers was saying, she goes, every time I take the dog out, I, I leave my phone. And she says, and it's so hard, right? She said, I don't realize, I, I don't have, it's like I don't have an appendage or something. Like I cut off my arm. And, and it's true. And you think that that's an addiction. That's a serious addiction. And, yeah. and we need to start knowing that that it is a tool and it's a wonderful tool and technology can be advantageous so much so but not at the expense of ourselves right Mm -hmm. and i think that that's unfortunately also what's happening and we need to create the separation and i feel that yoga is a great a great tool for for doing just that it is and even when you're i mean i walk through the gym and i'm at the gym you know almost every day and everyone is sitting there on their phones even while they're in the gym they're on the treadmill or on the bike and they're texting away they're just finished a set on the, let's say the bench press from the squat rack and they're sitting there pulling out their phone. So, I mean, you don't get that at the gym um, like you do when you're in yoga. So I, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's sort of, we create that environment. I mean, that said, it's interesting the number of times we've had to ask people to, or, or we've had to take their phones from the room. Really? Well, because it's a culture, right? It's that, it's that culture of like, of course I'll have my phone in here by my mat. thing and uh and and it does defeat the purpose so but you'd be surprised the number of people are shocked by that that you know bit of protocol yeah (laughs) i I like it though keep that up (laughs) Uh, yeah oh for sure no we have a yoga studio which uh, sometimes we get we get criticism for how strict we are with regards to time and getting people into the room on time and then we lock up and people arrive late we don't really have a late culture and Mm -hmm. i probably lose business uh, because of it but I think that my staff appreciates that. And I think that a lot of the students who are responsible, yeah. they, and the ones that aren't, they learn pretty quickly. You know, you're here on time or you don't get to do class. And so it, it does instill um, a, a sense of accountability, in, not in a militant fashion at all, as because we are kind people, but we have to have some boundaries. And I think those boundaries serve everyone. <laughs> First of all, I love that you guys do that. I think that's, that's fantastic um, because I think it just sets the, the tone for when you're in there, right? Um, now, when, when I was there, you, you talked about Bikram Yoga and, and a story behind it um, mm-hmm. and, and kind of, I don't, I'd love for you to, to share that because it was pretty cool. I don't even want to say it because I'd, I'd rather you, you share yeah, the whole story. Sure. Um, well, there was this man, I, this is what's interesting about Bikram Yoga is a lot, a lot of people don't know the background to it or how it originated or that the name Bikram actually comes from the man who originated the series or didn't originate the series, but uh, created a sequence based on Hatha Yoga and, and uh, started to make it quite popular in the United States. And he came to the United States, he came to Hollywood in the 1970s and started teaching yoga for free mm-hmm. and then started connecting with a lot of celebrities and, and um uh, Shirley MacLaine being the most uh, pronounced one. And he, she started saying, hey, why don't you charge for this? You know, because he was teaching all these times. So he did. 
And then he took off and it became quite popular, Bikram Yoga. He was seen to the celebrities and then through, through the 80s, and then he opened studios and then people he trained to teach his yoga, they'd open studios and then there became hundreds of studios around. And then flash forward to, oh, I don't know when exactly it started, probably early 2000s or maybe after that, maybe late to after. I did training in 2006 and I hadn't heard a whiff of any of this until after that. <laughs> but Bikram Chowdhury is the man who, who originated hot yoga, the Bikram hot yoga. And so he since has fallen off the rails and he's kind of been hiding somewhere because there's a lot of very valid sexual abuse kind of allegations, you know, um, nothing proven in court. I think that's important to say, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, you know, like many, you know, and, and uh, some, some poor behavior that a lot of people even that I know have witnessed. And so he took off and there's, it's kind of sad because he, he is the ambassador for such a wonderful um, healing art form that he brought and shared with everybody and then he fell off the rails and I, I, I use a comparison myself it would be like if we had a farm and I learned how to cultivate great produce and, and grow good crops from a farmer for years and years and then I hear that he's since done some really awful things mm -hmm. I would like to keep all of that learning and keep the farm but just separate myself from the farmer Right. And so that's what I, I have done. And a lot of people have done with Bikram yoga is that we'll keep the yoga because it totally works. And it goes back actually thousands of years. I mean, yeah. his sequence is unique to, to him and what he's done. And I, I think I'm actually grateful for that because I think he gave a lot of good, but then something went wrong with him and he's, and you know, and he has to be accountable for his behavior. If it's been poor behavior and, and, uh, but at the same time, it, I think separating the man from the yoga is key because people love Bikram yoga. It's quite world renowned and people are enjoying it and they can go, okay, I, I'm going to do this, this yoga, but I don't have to be connected to this man, you yeah. know? And I think that distinction is really, really important. And uh, so, I mean, I rebranded my yoga studio because I didn't want his name on it. Okay. So it was called the Bikram yoga center five years ago. And so when I had heard and it became quite apparent to me that it was um, these allegations were quite valid. Um, I just rebranded the studio because I didn't want him to be a part yeah. of our moniker. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and I and then since then, I, I a lot of people started doing that. A lot of people in places that were called Bikram Yoga started doing the same thing, and yeah. which completely makes sense. But it, yeah, it's a, it's an unfortunate story for sure in in terms of the the uh, the origin of Bikram Yoga. Yeah. So do you think then that, that yoga has become too mainstream? Is that partly why you, you hate well, yoga a, now? <laughs> no, I love yoga. Don't. Let me try. <laughs> hey, you, you wrote it. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're right. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, um, that's a good question because I think that, I, I think there's been a lot of poor influence in, in, in terms of yoga and it has been bastardized, as they say, and westernized. Um, I still feel like there's a lot of people drawing from uh, the origins of yoga and doing a lot of really good things with it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's key. I, I mean, I think any yoga is, is good yoga for the most part. Like if you have a good teacher and they know what they're teaching the sequence and they're being safe and they know how to manipulate bodies properly, it can be really good. It doesn't have to be, you know, authentically from, uh, you, you know, a village in India kind of, kind of, kind of thing. Like we take that and, and it morphs, it evolves, everything evolves. Right. So I, yeah, I, I think that, 
I think it's on a pretty good path. I mean, more people are doing yoga than ever now, yeah, uh, yeah. I think. And so they're realizing how they feel. And, and again, I keep going back to that. I mean, if you do a yoga class and you've never done one before, do it and just see how you feel. And then continue to try different styles. Some people, a style resonates for them and they feel great about it. I mean, we have so many different things going on in the studio now. It's great to see people start with Bikram yoga and they go, you know, I tried that vinyasa yoga. I love that. That seems to resonate. And vice versa, or yin yoga, or Pilates, or some people do it all. And, um, but to get back to your, to your question is, has yoga um, been tainted? Is that what you mean? Like, is it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think by people like Bikram Chowdhury, yes, I think that, you know, it's, that's what, it doesn't help the cause, you know, when you have people behaving poorly with yoga as their, their backdrop, you know, it's, it's not a good, because they're in positions of authority and being in a position of authority, um, there's a lot of responsibility with regards to that. And he abused that authority. And I think, you know, so that's where it, it doesn't sound a good idea. <laughs> I think when you think of, of it going mainstream or it being tainted, I think about um, apps because, I mean, there's apps on your phone now where you can just do yoga at home. And what are your thoughts? Is this a, is this a good thing? Well, you're missing out on something pretty special, and it's a collective energy. It's a yeah. synergy that happens when a bunch of people are in a room doing something together to benefit each other. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing yoga alone. Of course, it's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. Um, but there is something very unique about that cultivation of energy that happens. And as a yoga teacher, when I was an actor, I was, you know, it's such a better, I feel like I'm serving better by being a yoga studio owner yoga teacher than I ever have as an, as an actor because I don't I felt acting to be great and it served me well through my life but I felt it still to be quite presentational mm -hmm. and I didn't feel that connection that I now do when I walk into a yoga room or I'm, or I'm at the yoga studio connecting with employees students that sort of thing and then I walk in and I realize that I've actually become more um, astute with regards to energy and how energy moves, how it affects a room, how it feels anywhere. And so you, while you can't change energy, you can play with it and you can, you can work with it and understand it and feel it. And then so you're able to help people with, and, and you're able also to feel when a whole room lifts up together energetically. And it's yeah. tangible, it's real, right? Like, I mean, I always say people go, oh yeah, energy, energy, yoga, whatever. But people pay their electric bills and they don't see that energy. <laughs> so they, they obviously believe that energy exists, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have machines now. I read this a while ago, but where they can see, they can detect the energy field or show the energy field around a leaf before the leaf exists. So the leaf grows into the energy field. So wow. we're actually energy before matter. And, uh, and this is an important thing to understand because energy is so, the amount of energy in the universe never, the volume of it doesn't change. The amount mm -hmm. never changes. Even yeah. when somebody dies, it's not like, oh, now there's less energy, now there's more. That never changes. So we're all contributing in some way or another energetically, right? So energy is, to, to say that energy should never be discounted and it's quite, it's, it's quite real. And, uh, and I feel like as a yoga teacher, I've been able to hone that craft a little bit and feel it more. And then so you feel how a person is, it, it, is um, what they're emulating in a room and what collectively we're bringing forth and all that kind of thing. And so it becomes quite exciting. Yeah. And so you're saying then with yoga, you're able to sort of pass that energy along to, to someone else in the room? I, 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 you know, I don't know that I can pass 
energy along. I, uh, it's, the energy is a tricky thing that way because you actually want to protect your own energy, but you also want to exude a positive energy that people can thrive from mm-hmm. without them actually taking it from you. Yeah. What I mean, because yeah. sometimes I remember when I first started yoga teaching, I didn't know about energy at all, and I would go in there and I'd just give everything I had, and I would be exhausted. <laughs> so I didn't know about protecting my energy, and I'm not even a, like a Reiki healer or a massage therapist. Those people, some people who work with energy under new, I, I know a guy that I worked with for a while, and they're really astute, they're almost intuitives, right? Because they, they can really tap into energy. I'm not that, but I can still feel it, and I've learned a lot from it. Yeah, so, I mean, you just become more aware of it, but it's not even that you can truly you can truly change it. But through that awareness, you're able to have compassion for what's happening with individuals, and you can yeah. feel that they're, that they're doing their best, or maybe they're exuding, like I said earlier, that maybe they're projecting something upon you that you don't have to take personally. Yeah. Because that, that, the kill, kill them with kindness theory is something that, the the women who work at my studio, because, I mean, yoga is mostly women, right? So just by chance that everybody works me is is a woman, because they get it. They get yoga is good for you. Guys are coming (laughs) around. (laughs) But but they're really good at the kill them with kindness kind of thing. Like, they, they all are very kind people. And they're better than me at seeing that somebody may be acting poorly, but that you just hang on a bit and mm-hmm. you just keep, and, and you just keep being kind to them, being respectful of yourself at the same time. And I've seen them turn it around and that person feels suddenly that they're safe. And so isn't that interesting that they feel safe and then they become a kinder person, mm-hmm. but it's because they were in the face of somebody who wasn't reacting to them being semi rude or having a bad day, you yeah. know? So it, it kind of, it disarms them. Remarkably, and they're remarkable at that. I think if there's if there's anything out there that can make people more kind, then it should be something that everyone is doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need, we yeah. need that. Now, oh, there's, a, sure. there's a question here, and and they said that you already answered, but I I want to get your actual answer anyway and just see. But she said, would you recommend recommend a newbie trying yoga on their own with a random YouTube video? You kind of answered it, I guess, previously, but uh, I, you know I. <sighs> I'm going to answer that cautiously and say that if it means that that's the only way that you're going to start doing yoga, then go to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too daunting for you to go to a studio and be a part of a room. I mean, that's the thing is that people, they get so in their heads about going to a place where there's other people and say it's hot yoga and they're not going to be wearing much. Yeah. And you realize pretty quickly, like you did yesterday, nobody cares. Like <laughs> everybody's <laughs> in their own suffering or, or their own world so much that they don't really care. There's no judgment at all. There really yeah. isn't. And but if you're if that's too much of a barrier for you and you want to go on YouTube, I would just make sure that you do the research and make sure that the YouTube video is coming from a, a valid teacher, somebody who's accomplished, can teach you and you're not doing things that are going to hurt you. But under the guidance of, uh, of a teacher who's right in front of you, I would recommend that every time. And then yeah. also, of course, uh, of course, with the energy of the room and a bunch of other people there, too. And then the community aspect of it where you'll get to you can talk to people and you can meet them and you all that common interest all of these things lead to you continuing to do yoga on a more consistent basis than having to get on youtube every day and do it by yourself and move your furniture yeah 
<laughs> so I say cautiously that I answer that because if that's your thing and that's what's going to make you do yoga every day, then you do it. Yeah. I think for me, the, the big thing that I, I really, well, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about yoga, but one of them is just the functional aspect of it. It really, it puts your body in the right positions to teach you how to move like a human, because that's something we've all completely mm -hmm. lost from, from sitting all the time and, and just kind of living the, the busy lifestyle we have now where you're in an office all day and that kind of stuff. And so I absolutely love that component of yoga. And even someone who went to school for kinesiology, so I've learned everything there is about movement, it's nice being in yoga where you have an instructor who can remind you about certain cues and certain positions and, and make sure that you're, because even though, um, you know, you're doing yoga and even if you understand it, it's still difficult to remember your breathing while keeping every component, every piece of your body in the right position. And it, there's so much, right? Cause the body yeah. is so complex. So when you have someone that can be there to teach and sort of cue you and remind you, I think that is, that's a huge thing for oh, sure. your body. Sure. And it's like, it, I mean, as a guy, I'm very familiar with this. It, it, it's like being lost and being too, uh, to having too much pride or ego to ask for directions. And so yeah. it, if you're at home, you're not going to necessarily get that direction as it applies to you because mm -hmm. it is subjective. Whereas if you're adding any yoga class and there's a teacher there, it's like you're asking help for directions. And the person says, oh, here's the way to go. Move your left hip forward, bring your head back. Let's take a big breath here. And for you, let's move that elbow over here and all these adjustments as they pertain to you. So that's where it becomes very helpful. So if you think of it just like if you're, you're a little lost and all you have to do is ask for directions and it's really gonna benefit you. Yeah, yeah. Now, are there any advantages and or disadvantages to hot yoga versus normal yoga? Um, I, both are great. You know, I think that all yoga is great. I think that hot yoga is advantageous to people who are beginners because they, it makes it, if you think of the muscles like steel and the heat as a blowtorch, then you're heating up those muscles pretty quickly and you're making them more malleable and therefore you're able to stretch safely, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you don't want to overstretch and, and that becomes an issue sometimes for some people who push it too much because they have the heat as an assist. But if you find that place where it's like, oh, this is great, the heat really helps me stretch out everything and open up and get more blood flow, um, then that's where it's really advantageous. Over time, as you become a more experienced practitioner, the heat from yoga actually happens internally, and you don't need you don't necessarily need um, yeah. a crazy hot room. Some people get used to it and they really enjoy it, and they take their practice to another level, still using the heat as an assist. And some people don't. But again, I think both are are great for beginners. I think it's it's the heat's pretty advantageous. Yes. Yeah. Now, the heat that I was in yesterday, that was more than usual, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty juicy class. I, yeah. I admitted that for sure. And I was giving everybody a lot of air and a lot of, you know, and the door and stuff. But it was one of those classes where the, the air pressure went way down, the humidity went way up, and the heat remained pretty much the same because it started to rain outside. And, I, and when it rains outside like that, I'm like, oh, this is the perfect storm today. And you just <laughs> happen to be in that class. Yeah. So, oh. And we, there were quite a few newbies in classes today and uh and they all navigated it well it's surprising what people can do you know yeah well and the the newbies that were there we all gave each other a look at the end because we all <laughs> we knew who each other were 
And because uh, you pointed out, we all gave each other a look like, wow, that was, uh, that was <laughs> it was kind of funny, actually, because all of us just gave that look. It was hilarious. It was perfect. And that there was a there was that couple who were uh, gunning for each other all during class, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it's, it's hard for me because they want to talk to each other during class. And I'm saying, you know, it's a solo journey. Don't. Don't talk to each other. It's not bingo. Yeah. But you know, and and uh, they, yeah, the, the the faces after class. But then everybody felt great, and then you slept great, and it, yeah. it's a good thing. But it's yeah, so, it can be tougher. It sure. can, yeah. <laughs> so I mean, that's all the questions I have. But I want to know: is there anything that we didn't touch on about yoga that you want to share? Uh, if not, maybe just give kind of a summary or some key takeaways for everyone. Yeah, I don't think there is. I, I think that we cover a lot of stuff, and I appreciate that, um, having the time to do so. I, if there's only one thing that I would impart to everybody, it's that simply show up. That's That don't get in your head about it. I mean, uh, we, we joke about this at the studio. We'll get a call from somebody, and they'll say, um, and what do I need to bring, and what should I wear, and, and what time should I come? What would be best for me? Should I inform my parents? What, uh, like, what do I have to do? Is there an emergency clause, an emergency exit from the room? Like, where should I put my mat? And the more questions they ask, the less chance they're going to show up, yeah. right? Whereas some people, they just walk in, they know they have a feeling, they're like, okay, let's just do this. Go with the ladder. Just show up. Get on that mat. You don't have to do anything. You don't. Like I said that beginning the class, I said, take breaks, but because you're there, you will. You mm -hmm. have the, that, that intention and your objective is to feel better about yourself, so you want to do the work. But some days it doesn't work out very well for you, you know, like, but, but you still did yourself some good. And then you're, par you're part of a community, you're feeling the energy of other people, you're part of a collective consciousness of wanting to, to better yourselves and therefore better other people. But I'm gonna just let all that go and just say, just show up, arrive on the mat. That's all you need to do. You know, I think that's good advice, not just for yoga, but for life to sure. show yeah, up with, for anything, right? Um, yeah. Because that's the only way you're going to try new things and you're going you're gonna to make things happen. So true. So true. And okay. let, me, can, let me just recognize you for a second and say that I really appreciate what you're doing here and, yeah. uh, and, 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 you know, offering people healthy perspectives through, through different perspectives in, in the form of other human beings and, and spreading this good goodwill and trying to educate people about their health so that they can live better lives. I really Thank appreciate what you're doing. Thank you, I, I appreciate that. You know what, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's a great learning experience for myself to be able to speak to experts like you uh, on so many different topics and then you know to find a way to be able to not just take that information for me uh, and be selfish with it, but to be able to share it with others is, is really what you know makes this all worth the, worth the while. So, um, thanks, I appreciate that. So, Paul, if anyone wanted to to you know get to know you more or see your work or, or you know go and and learn more about you, what uh, where would they go? Um, uh, Instagram is a good one. I underscore hate underscore yoga. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you can come to my studio, you can check out our website, it's BeHotYogaToronto.com and if you want to email me, feel free, it's Paul at BeHotYogaToronto.com. Awesome. Okay, Paul, well, thank you so much for, for taking you, the time uh, tonight to, to this and bringing me into your studio yesterday. Um, I, will, uh, I will definitely be back for another round. Um, and Good. I will do the 90 minute hot yoga again because I want to try it again. <laughs> you have 60 minute classes, Kyle. <laughs> yes, I would much rather that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again so much for, for sharing your knowledge on this topic. And uh, I really appreciate you, you coming on here. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Kyle. Good luck All to right. you. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hell Simple Show. More importantly, I hope you learned something from it. 
If you did, leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me.